When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Looking to reward your employees or someone deserving this Christmas? Then choose a Super Value or Centra corporate gift. Gift card. Use them in stores nationwide to buy award-winning food and support local. Tax efficient, safe and simple with discounts. These gifts really mean business. SuperValue corporate gift cards can also be emailed with a personal message. Call 01524-0050 or visit us at supervalue.ie forward slash gift cards or centra.ie forward slash gift cards. Order your gift cards now. Welcome to the bloodandmud.com podcast, your weekly congealed doner kebab of rugby comments with added sweary sauce for good measure. I am um, Ozymandias, King of Kings. No, of I'm only joking. I am Lee Calvert, the editor of bloodandmud.com, and over there is... I'm Josh Gardner of rugbyshitwatch.com. Josh is still recovering from his full engorge on strong continental lagers and curry versed for four days. I'm, I'm in a bad state, I'm not going to tell why. Yeah. He's been back 24 hours, still doesn't look good from where I'm sitting, listeners, I'll, I'll tell you. Coming up this week, we have a review of the weekend very quickly. We'll have some updates on the mall of news, including an interesting Welsh man with a very long career. Um, some news from France, which looks quite interesting, if not slightly baffling. The shit good ratings. Uh, we'll have a look at the Olympic Sevens teams, Josh. Try and think how these things might come together. Yes, even though we've still got really got no idea who's going to be available. So no, neither of us really know. Should... And neither of us really know how to put together a sevens team either. As so we discovered when we tried to do it, yeah. So uh, <laughs> maybe you can help us out there when you mm. listen to this. We'll have a quick prediction of what's going on at the weekend, the European Games, and then we'll finish, as we usually do, with the loop. Uh, this is the bloodandmud.com podcast, your sweary pipe got bomb of rugby knowledge. You will find that um, you can find us on soundcloud acast itunes thank you to everybody's left reviews on there thank you to everybody who's listened our episode last week broke into the top 10 weekly rugby episodes Josh. all right yes I, I discovered that while curled up 
recovering in a German hostel uh, uh, on Sunday morning. And I'm, I'm glad you said hostel delighted. there. I'm glad you yes. said hostel, I'll be honest. Hostel. It was, it was because, an easy mistake to trip over. But yeah. I, mean, I mean, granted, there were loads of episodes above us which was like three episodes of other podcasts, but, you know, we've got to climb <laughs> up there somehow, it. haven't we? Yes. Okay, so let's have a quick review of the weekend, Josh. And I mean this very Indeed. quickly because we end up spending too much time on this every week. It's almost we do. Like we don't, again, I, I've said this before, but it's almost like we don't know what we're doing. Yes, it's almost like neither of us know how to shut up either. But, um, <laughs> That's the other this, thing, isn't it? This time, I, I can put my hand up and say I, I spent the last the entire weekend in Hamburg drinking dangerous amounts of Pilsner and watching German football. So I have seen zero minutes of live rugby this weekend. So um, I have seen all the highlights, but... I'm not going to have that much to talk about, so by all means, carry on. I think the big news from the weekend was that London Irish lost again. Yes, and, and that's probably waving them goodbye. Let's be honest. They're not um, mathematically down yet, are they? But not yet. They are no, down. but it's it's. I mean, it, it will take a bit of a miracle now. I think the performance was. Um, I remember tweeting it on the day saying, "This must just. If you're an Irish fan, this must be." like going mad like you said last week because they look okay (laughs) and then they just find myriad spectrums of ways that absolutely fuck everything up in the last minute or the last pass or the last whatever they're an incredibly expensively assembled really pedestrian team like they've got lots of players that don't make you know that are good players, but there's just nothing about them. They don't seem to have gelled in any way, shape, or form. They had like, a spectacular amount of possession, like a, yeah. a spectacular amount of possession. I'm trying to find out the figure now, but it was. But and and Newcastle, <laughs> a lot of people saying credit to Newcastle, Newcastle defence. I kind of agree because they worked hard. But mm. Irish really didn't make. They didn't have to make any difficult decisions in defence. No, you know what a lot of people said. I'm going to go out. I'm going to come in. I'm going to do. They didn't have to do any of that, Newcastle Falcons, because they just knew if they just held a line in a zone, Irish would keep coming at them, and in the end, would just balls up. Yeah, it was like a ten tackle fail return. You know, make ten tackles, (laughs) they will fail. That that was. It was quite an easy investment, really. It's kind of it's quite fitting that Irish's probable relegation was all but settled by their expensively assembled backline futilely chasing an awkwardly bouncing ball around the Angola area, really, because that was about as coherent that was the as chip it over, wasn't it? When you know, they kind it of got just, in. Yes, and it was just like Sorry, I'm just well, trying to find a possession stats here, but it seems to be uh, balls enough on me. But yeah, it was it was pretty <laughs> poor anyway. Yeah, uh, Quinns were again pretty poor. Yeah, I mean. It's quite bizarre how they've sort of faded away a little. I mean, I guess losing to Saris is no shame, but from what I saw, they Saris weren't even that good. They just were quite sort of efficient, and and Quinns really kind of didn't make them work too hard, and in many ways beat themselves. So yeah, I mean, but somebody said that basically Quinns should just be in the shit for the last three months, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's all. The the, the wheels have come off quite quite impressively, haven't they? And I mean. That's pretty much probably finally settled the top four in stone, I think, because Saints obviously lost, Quinns yeah. lost, and, and Sale looked like they've left it a bit too so late. The top four so, now, for those of you who haven't yeah. looked recently, is Saracens are top, obviously. Uh, Wasps are second, mm-hmm. and credit to Wasps for this kind of push, this push to the Six Nations, because they, they were, I remember us talking not long ago, saying for all the good rugby they're playing, they're <laughs> down at about eighth, and now they're solidly yeah, in second. They've, they've so. surged massively. And uh, yeah, that game, Wasps Exeter after the European break again, what for the like fourth time this season, um, or something is is a massive one. 
because yes you know that that could be like the difference between home semi-finals that could be the difference between all sorts of stuff and they'll probably end up playing each other because they'll probably still finish second so and saracens third, so. wasps leicester saracens wasps exeter leicester at the top i can't see northampton yes. getting in there no i think they're probably still at home again yeah, they they have they surging as well, but I think they've just left it. You can't rely on when you know. It's not really a strategy for your season to say what we'll do is is just when players come when people come to our stadium, they will play so badly because they're so depressed from looking at it. That's not you can't. <laughs> that's not a playoff strategy. It's gripped by a sense of ennui. It's not, it's not a playoff strategy. Like it no, so it's you really know, not. It's, it'll only um, take you so far, which is by looks of things about sixth, which is probably about right. Yeah, which is probably about where they deserve. I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, in the Pro Twelve as well, it, it was it was quite another sort of interesting weekend. And um, Glasgow and Connacht, you have to say, are the massive winners. Like, I know we kind of had a little joke a couple of weeks ago at Glasgow's expense, um, but they are getting hot and they're finding form at exactly the right time. And I think they're taking the know, piss out of all of us. There's every. I think they've known exactly what they were doing. Which yeah, is that basically. basically. I think the thing is, you do forget sometimes, and I'm and I, I'm guilty of it. It's not about finishing top, is it? It's about finishing in the no, top. I mean, really it really helps you with home, and all that kind of stuff. But actually, yeah, well, it's about timing your run and timing your form, isn't it? And and Glasgow have got this. Yeah, perfect. and they've done that. They've done that the last two or three seasons. They've they've kind of got hot at the end of the season, and and once again, you know, if they can get home semi-final um, I wouldn't bet against them no matter who they're playing against and then the final is in Murrayfield so all mm. of a sudden after starting the season quite as badly as they did they've they've righted the ship and, and I wouldn't bet against them for defending imagine their imagine Murrayfield with in... people in it what a time to be alive eh a Pro 12 game with yeah, people that would be in odd, Murrayfield <laughs> um, they won't have it all their own way though because Connacht also um Fair play. They've, they're prone to a bit of a wobble here and there, but the way that they dispatched Munster, like what a job Pat Lamb has done with that team, because they they were like what fourteen points, like they conceded fourteen points quite early on, and then turned around and scored like thirty unanswered points to win the game and bag a bonus point. And that's just a huge statement of intent, and they're breathing down the neck at Leinster. To go back to well. the Premiership very very quickly. Imagine being imagine being yes. um, Bath players and coach now. There is absolutely God. nothing to get out of bed in the morning for, is there? You must just feel like saying, you know, oh, fuck, I can't be, I'm, I'm pulling a sickie. I would. I'd go to the mm. doctors now and say I feel depressed and get two weeks off. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Anyone who's got to play Bath for at any point in the rest of the season, it's just, what are you really going to be playing against? You know, it kind of seems like Mike Ford is barely even bothering to pick a coherent team anymore as well, so... And, yeah. and and then of course there was Worcester versus Wasps where they all decided to go super rugby for the afternoon yes well certainly they, they decided to not bother defending in any way shape or form again Worcester but, um, are safe now they don't care yes. anymore either well that was I mean Dean Ryan pretty much said that at the end of the game he wasn't a happy bunny was he he, he said that they hadn't like they basically have switched off. But he has, to, he has to give his players some credit I've said it before for managing to stay up yeah. despite being statistically the wrong, the most wrong team in the whole of Europe. <laughs> Let the lads have a break, Dean. You know they've 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 been yes, up against exactly. the hell of a lot. Overcome. They've been up against the might of the refereeing fraternity. Oh, 
Exactly, and and they've basically been beating sixteen men every time. And the won. TMO what seventeen a, men, and he's is. got a computer. TMO, That's yeah, not fair and... either. They've basically played Saracens every yeah, week. Yeah, and touch, they've touched. They've played a, a much superior yeah. force with a computer every week. The poor <laughs> bastards down there next to the M, next to the M five. Exactly. Who can blame them wanting to have a couple? Yeah, of cut weeks them some off. slack, Ryan. Wind your neck in. God. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Pro 12 is probably top. What's the top four in the foot Pro 12? Let's remind myself. Uh, top four is uh, Connacht, Leinster, Glasgow, Ulster. Connacht, Glasgow, Scarlet's and they've well and truly fucked it Scarlet's. up. Well, there is the thing. I mean, Glasgow were, were exceptionally good. Uh, in they didn't have to work that hard to be that good, though. Um, I said that they looked like a team that might be having a pretty serious wobble but I didn't really expect them to tank quite as badly as they have they are the wheels are totally off and it's just a genuine danger that they might not even make the playoffs now which given that they've been in the top four since the first week of the season is kind of disastrous because we've been tracking Scarlets throughout the season because if you remember we Mm. picked them up and then they went shit we did and then we worked out that our curse last I think about six weeks because then they got much better yes and now they've gone shit mm. again I'm sensing yes, that there's about I... a five week pattern emerging yeah and also we've I did they were exceptionally good when they beat the Ospreys at the Liberty and I, I said some very nice things about them and since then they've been an absolute dog shit so yeah <laughs> when I, I will we learn apologise you're consigning your own countrymen to the dustbin there yeah, Scarlet. Magic but, Scarlet. You know. What do you care, really? Um, <laughs> but no, it's it's really they've they've really the wheels are off. It's it's and Munster equally the wheels are off. Let's be honest. Um, the way that they yeah collapsed against Connacht like the knives are out big style. Do you remember when I've been floating the I've been half joking but floating the idea mm. that Bath have gone shit and the only way you can the only thing you can put your finger on about why is because Sam Burgess isn't there anymore. Yes. Have you noticed that Munster have gone shit from the minute Andy <laughs> Farrell went and took his job with Ireland? Uh, it's, there was I a res- there, there was a resurgent been... bit of a a bit of moxie for a while. Yeah, Farrell went. Um, everything's gone to rat shit again. No, and I think I you joke, but I genuinely think that there is something seriously rotten there, and and it seems to be the prevailing feeling, judging by a couple of the col- uh, columns I've read in Irish papers today that. Munster basically need a complete structural overhaul in order to get back to competitiveness again. Apparently, they're going to announce some pretty depressing financial figures in the next couple of weeks as well, which is going to oh dear. further make things great over in. How's your new ground America. looking now, lads? Yeah, exactly. And how's being but, quiet um, for the kicker and being sanctimonious about it <laughs> doing you now when you've got no fucking money? But I maybe been a little bit too cruel. So, maybe. So that was yeah, the kind it's, of it's... general roundup of the weekend. I think we don't have to, hmm. we're we're reaching the business end of the season. I don't think much yes. is going to change now, and I think everyone's no. just marking time for the playoffs, aren't they? Yeah, I mean yeah. there are still some pretty massive games to come, though. You've got Glasgow travelling to Connacht on the last day of the season, which could be a huge game. You've got Wasps Exeter, Wasp Exeter three coming up um, the weekend after next. So there's still plenty of excitement to come. So, but yeah, I think... Well, that was me told then. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, yeah pretty much. And also, uh, let but... us not forget, let us not forget the true end of season competition that we're all looking well, for. Exactly. You know, where the Cuthbert Police on Cup is still to be decided. Yes. And I mean, if, if we are to, to 
seamlessly seeg into Zebra Shitwatch. Um, <laughs> Let's do that. I didn't. I didn't even look that they'd lost this weekend. I just assumed they had. And did they? They lost this weekend. Yes, they lost yeah, seventeen forty-seven to Ulster. Well, I mean, at least they scored seventeen. That's true. I think that, the reason why Glasgow looked so good against Scarlets is because they had to fight through a resurgent zebra the week before. They did. Talk, they know, did. They it's, it's given them a true test of their character. <laughs> so yes, of course yes. they lost again. Yes. Yes. So that's uh, forty-six days in possession of the uh, the Cuthbert Police on Cup, and uh, let's be honest, I'm not seeing this change anytime soon. And of course, it's coming down to the wire against Dragons, who who have looked okay. Uh, the the new port Gwent Salamanders have looked okay, but uh, <laughs> they didn't look okay at the weekend. No, they were a bit average on the weekend. Um, although Cardiff weren't that good either, to be honest. Cardiff and, have looked better um, these past few weeks. They have built up a bit, haven't they? Yeah, they have, and then they they sort of reverted a little bit to type. But it seems uh, to be Saturday linked in with a little bit inconsistent. But it seems to be linked to Gareth Anscombe playing better. You made the point that he played much better. Massively and he seems so. To be yeah, playing a lot better, and he's playing at ten, and he seems to be doing a job for him, doesn't he? Yeah, and he's playing with confidence as well, which which is massive for him. But, so the Dragons um, yeah. are shit again. Twenty eight eight, they lost, and just, Zebra... just in time for them to go to Montpellier. And uh... Ooh, we'll talk about that later <laughs> on. But yeah, so mm. yes, yeah, so Zebra shit. Well, so the Cloughburn Police on Cup is still in firmly in the grip of the Italian mediocrity merchants, and they oh, massively so for forty six days, and it's definitely heading for the massive decider against the uh, the Newport Gwent Dragons at the weekend. Not the weekend, is. in a few weekends. Um, Right, so that was mm-hmm. roundup of the weekend. Let's move on to what I would like to call, I suppose. We'll do shit good a bit later. I'll move on to what we're, I suppose, I'm, for want of a better title, the Mall of News. Why There's not? been quite a bit of new bit of news this week that we probably want to want to talk about. Now, you you dug something out and showed it to me, which we said, you know what? This restores my faith. In, we do a bit of moaning on this <coughs> on this pod, don't we? we? I think do. we have to admit that we do. We are the more miserable. We are the Morrissey of the the podding world in, in many ways. <laughs> And uh, yes. we do a bit of moaning, but actually you sent us something during the week, which both of us kind of went, you know what, this is what it's all about. So what bit of news yes, did we find? Yes, and this was, it was uh, an article by um, Media Wales journalist Simon Thomas, very good that he is, um, about Lenny Woodard, who um, is a still a professional rugby player at 40 years old. Um, in his career, he has played for no, le- probably, th- he's not entirely sure, but he thinks around 30 <laughs> now, different clubs. That's a brilliant clubs. start already, isn't it? I'm exactly. not entirely sure how many clubs I've played for. Go on. Exactly. So he's played for uh, 30 different clubs during his rugby career. He's 40 years old. He's a winger. He needs a hip replacement, but um, he's still turning out for, um, I think he played for Newbridge most recently, uh, a couple of weeks ago. He's played for Wales. Um, he hasn't been fully capped for uh, Wales in Rugby Union, but he did make it onto a tour match in South Africa uh, in the 2000s. Um, and then he's also played Rugby League for Wales. And, yeah, I mean, he's just... Yeah, he he, he played for... Uh, he, he's basically a gun for hire. He just keep, he He's there and he will keep going... Like, if a club calls him and says, we need to have a winger for the weekend, he'll be like, yeah, all right, and I'll... I'll Get my boots. We all know and, the thing is, every, yeah. everybody out there who's played for a club who's listening will know somebody who's like that. Yeah, they just well, absolutely the, the perennial bringer. love it. Yeah, and they're and, usually and a fullback or a winger because they don't get hurt quite as much. Exactly. Or there's usually a number I mean, eight. This... Or you get a number eight, or you'll get a prop who's about fifty because they just got to stand there and push. <laughs> and they're all right. Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's like he's he needs a hip replacement, and he is he, yeah, and he's putting it off. 
because he loves rugby so much that because he knows if he gets his hip replacement that's the end of his career so he's just basically living with it and carrying on here's the list of some of the clubs that he's played for uh, he's played for I won't mention them all because there's 30 of them <laughs> played for Pontypool th- at least three times Ebervale London Welsh Pontypreth Bridgend Aberamon Birmingham and Solihull Tom Mauer Glamorgan Wanderers Maestay Clandaf Cambran Blackwood Bedlinog Blynavon Astalavera Clinician and Newbridge and yeah I mean just and also um Hull, Swinton, Bridgen Blue Bulls, Celtic Crusaders, and Newick in rugby league. What a man! Does anybody has, uh, has anybody out there played? Do, does anybody out there know or have you played with Lenny Woodard? Woodard, it is yes. Yes, do let please us know. let us know. There must be somebody out there who's on Twitter who maybe listens to this or you know somebody who does who's played for those clubs and knows Lenny Woodard. Please tell him to get in touch or please get in touch with us because we'd love to hear from him because that is brilliant. And didn't he it's, say it's, that he's it's, he? he He's glad he needs a hip replacement because he doesn't have to train. Basically, he said, uh, yes. Um, he says he, he keeps putting off because he's playing. Um, he likes it because uh, basically, yeah, it means that he gets numerous offers from all these clubs and uh, he doesn't have to do any training. He just rocks up on Saturday in place. That which, is the dream, I mean, isn't it? That absolutely is the dream. He rocks up, gets paid and doesn't have to train. <laughs> no. <laughs> and just scores tries and goes home and, yeah. So, the new unofficial mascot and hero of this pod, Lenny Woodard. Absolutely. We love you and we salute you. Thank you very much indeed. Indeed. Um, speaking of legends, not of this pod, but legends generally, um, Mr. <laughs> Michael Phillips. Oh, no, he is a legend, let's be honest. He's a handsome man. He's a... A large man. A rogue. A large He's man. He's an absolutely um, colossal prick. He is, and that's why I bloody <laughs> love him. Um, uh, he's off he- to sale. That is the rumour, yes. So uh, Mike Phillips and Steve Diamond, what a meeting of egos that will be. Um, yeah. yeah, and it's strange because they've just re-signed Archaeology's own Peter Stringer <laughs> and they've also got Chris Custer there. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's not a young man basic... himself even these days. He's no, it's, it's basically the oldest platoon of scrum halves in the history of rugby union, you'd imagine. And a bit of a contrast between the sort of like Peter Stringer, who gets the ball out of the ruck like it's on fire and covered in dog shit, is going to be slightly different to Spikey's general pace of distribution and service. <laughs> With his one-legged flamingo pass. Yes. But, uh, yeah, it's a bit of an odd one, but I guess, you know, he's probably... He's not getting many starts for Rassing. He's probably got more of a chance of starting against the likes of Chris Cassiter and, and Peter Stringer, you'd imagine. But, and who uh, doesn't want to spend the end of their career at the AJ Bell Stadium? Well, exactly. I mean, you know, again, that is the dream. Sunny, sunny that Manchester. Is the dream. Next to the next to the M60, <laughs> across from the Trafford Centre, in a grey box. That's that's how everybody mm. hopes to end. That is never mind Paris, never mind Toulon. That's where you nope, want to end up. Nope. So, be inter- but the weird thing is that sale. They're not losing scrum halves to international duty or anything. It's not about no, signing lots of scrum halves. I mean, I imagine. Well, I don't know. It, would he be cheap, Mike Phillips? I mean, he's. I would imagine. I mean, he's not cheap. He's cheaper than he used to he's be. He's not cheap. He's a very expensive man no. generally, but I mean, in terms of his wages, right in, in terms of his wages, <laughs> I'm assuming. I think a lot. Of um, I would to... imagine not. Yeah, I think a lot of them just want to squeeze another year out, don't they? And, and yeah, you're probably going to take it and leave it off, and went, yeah, fuck it, why not? Yeah, I, I mean, haven't shagged anyone in Manchester. He... Let's go there. No, exactly, and he, I mean, he is perpendicularly closer to uh, his ex Duffy now. So, uh... are they not together anymore? 
I don't believe so. No. Where did, whatever but, happened um, to Duffy? Yeah. Sorry to go off into non-rugby things, but she had those two <laughs> songs and then disappeared. I, I imagine a quick Google search will yeah, probably and you don't tell need me to that do she's that. still Nobody she's recording us. It was simply my idle curiosity yeah. coming out. She's recording a seventh album or something, but on her own label. Heard of it. <laughs> That's usually what it is. Yeah. Internet only release <laughs> on her own label. Yeah. So yes. Other news: uh, Richard Cocker was interviewed mm. this week. He of Leicester. He was and uh, very. And I'm not going to go into it, but he, I was quite amused because. The headline and what he said in it was that I'm not a sensitive type of person, is what he said. But then it also <laughs> mentioned in the same in the same interview that he'd been banned for being obscene, inappropriate, and unprofessional towards uh, <laughs> a, an, an official in the Premiership final yeah. a few years ago. It's really funny that he's got he doesn't have the, the perception that he's a sensitive person when he just basically spends yeah, his guess... entire life having massive Mardi strops. Yes, it's, it's I guess. He's he's taking it as the sort of I'm a sensitive, tender lover kind of man, right? Where, which yeah, he's probably. almost certainly isn't. No, he's definitely not that <laughs> um, aggressive, if anything. Um, but yeah, no, he's definitely tetchy. Tetchy is and touchy. The word that yeah, he would, touchy, not not in yes. the utery way. Prone, in prone, the kind of no, emotional no. way. Prone to fits of absolute blind rage. Um, is also yeah, because you can use. see him at least four times a season, just looking like oh, he's, he's somebody's literally stamped all over his toys. Yes, he is. is incre- He is a hair trigger man. He makes Sean Edwards look like calm <laughs> and composed. Yeah, so that was that was that was quite amusing. Oh, that was it was very amusing. Uh, speaking of interviews, <laughs> my favorite my favorite man, Mister James Haskell, mm. was interviewed this yes. week. By the Guardian, was, by, was, was it Sean McCrane or Robert Kitt? Robert Kitt? No, it was Sean McCrane, the Guardian. Uh, it was, it was McCray, their big was, proper yeah. feature interview by Sean McCrae. And I yes. think what you need to realise is that... Here's a story about a man called James. <laughs> it's a man who had dreams. All he wanted was to be taken seriously and respected. And yet, and yet... It was something that never came his way. James wrote to The Guardian and said, I'd go into meetings and I'd be the brunt of the joke time and time again. You're the easy target and you end up doing the banter again and everything is back on their terms. You can take the piss out of a bloke. But it was like I was used as a tool to amuse everyone and not really given any respect. So... That's where James found himself before the glance, the Grand Slam dream came true for him and he could get his own back on those people he by could. posting a picture on Instagram. <laughs> Directed at you. Directed at me. Um, was, yes, I, I, I just... I mean, was, I mean seriously, it was, him, the, the, it the, was so, the Archbishop of... I can't even say it, I hate it so no, much. The Archbishop of I'll New say York, it for you. Well, the Archbishop of Banterbury was moaning clearly that can't people, handle the banter. And what it what it says is that basically, obviously, people just took the piss out of him all the time. I yes, had no idea that happened. I, no, I wanted it, it to happen. I thought he was like well yeah. liked, and but it seems that no, he actually did have to go in and have the shit ripped out of him quite regularly. And, and on reflection, of fucking course he did <laughs> because he made himself an absolute, you know, figure of fun and ridicule. But 
he's like you say he's supposed to be the archbishop of banterbury <laughs> he's supposed to love dishing it and taking it out and it's just like it's just i just don't oh, know what that means you, you have you end up doing the banter again and everything is back on their terms yeah, what does that mean is, has, he, has he got a routine that's what i want to know is he like a bad like working men's club comic <laughs> yeah. Is that his role in the English dressing room? Yeah, because the, the new managers are in. I've got to go through my routine all over again. <laughs> oh, oh, it's just... It's, he's such a, an insecure man. That's what's coming through man now. I feel like leaving him like, alone such, now. Cause... I know what you mean. It's like he's got such this huge, like, stratospheric needs fucking people with, like, sticks going around holding his head up ego. And yet he's clearly just incredibly like insecure about the whole thing. And I guess that's partly because he has never been rated by basically anyone when playing for England <laughs> because true. he's never actually been very good for England. And yet he still turned it into a you know, sixty, seventy cap career. And he probably does just feel like, oh, for God's sake. No, I mean, no, like, I mean I my problem's always been with him is that is the way he projects himself doesn't represent how good a rugby player I think he is. He's had a decent yeah. career because he's a decent pro. He's been around the world. He's yeah, got contracts. He he's a decent pro. He yeah. obviously works hard because apparently, in Definitely. fact, he does work hard because that's all that everybody ever says about him. But um, <laughs> and that's meant to be the, the you know the keys to the kingdom. Obviously, is that you work hard. Exactly. But anyway, yeah, that really did make me laugh. Yes. But then what there you've was, just said now makes me quite sad. But go on. Yeah, there was one line in it though um, when he was talking about George Smith uh, signing for Wasps, and he says we've got a Caesar and Brutus thing going on. It's like, um, hang on a minute, mate. You're describing yourself as Caesar there and George <laughs> Smith as Brutus. George Smith ain't any motherfuckers Brutus. Yeah. Like, I don't just, think you've understood, just... understood Caesar and Brutus, James. I think that's the... <laughs> no, exactly. There's, there's something but, that's gone badly wrong there. As, as, as Smokey Robinson said, the mm. tears of a clown when there's no one around. <laughs> it really is terribly sad. It is. Like you say, I just feel quite bad. Actually, starting to feel bad for him, which is obviously the point of that entire bloody interview. I don't nice, feel bad but... for him. I'll let your half of the pod feel bad for him. <laughs> he calls me out on social media. Well, not me, but he calls yeah, you know. No, fair enough. People like me out on Twitter. Right. So <laughs> he calls you out. Let's be honest. Let's cross over to France. Yes. Where there's lots of strange and interesting things. Of, well, you know, there's, well, there's always strange and interesting batshit things going on, but weirdly organisational batshit this week, which is not what we wouldn't yes. expect. And some things that make a remarkable amount of sense as well. That's the even more batshit thing about it. So, yeah, um, I was really interested to see what, what Laporte has been saying, because obviously he's running for for the new president of the FFR in the summer, and, uh, and obviously what affects France due to the money involved affects everybody else. Um, and he's got some very interesting ideas from... Start as he wants to go down the Irish route of limiting foreign players in the match day squad, which is going to go down very well in Toulon, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> he's talking about only selecting players for France who've got a French passport, which, um, given how shambolic the residency laws are in rugby at the moment, I think that's probably quite a interesting and quite a good idea, to be honest. Um, yeah, because you wouldn't have to have a passport, would you, to qualify in residency? You can still no. be, you can still be a New Zealand passport holder, for example. Exactly, and how many for whoever, yeah. Yeah, and how many former internationals do you see who qualified on residency for a European company and then just gone back to the country of their birth, never to be seen again once their plane days are over? And that's quite so. They'd so have to cha literally change literally nationalities. change their nationalities, which I mean, 
at least that shows that they're not just committed to playing rugby there, but they're committed to being part of that country and culture for the rest of their lives. And that's got to be sort of easier to get behind. I don't think it's too much to ask for an international player to do either, to be honest. Um, yeah, and then there's all this stuff with the, the Alnara having this meeting this week to sort of discuss various other bits and bobs that um, yeah, they might bring in new but, uh, laws. But this stuff. is separate to Laporte's manifesto, yes. though, was it? This is the, L- this is the LNR. Yes, it's, it's, he's basically sort of putting his stall out ahead of this meeting. Here's um, a question for you about Bernard Laporte, right? Yes. How does he see properly in those tiny, tiny glasses? I don't know. I just think he really likes the Bond villain look. Because literally, he covers like his, his corneas with them. That's the size of them. <laughs> yeah. So his peripheral vision is basically zero. So you could probably literally stand directly to his left, flicking the V's at him, and he wouldn't actually wouldn't see have you. The first idea. No, they are bizarrely tiny. I just. I mean, you'd yeah. have to turn your head to see absolutely everything. Yes. You couldn't look down to read. How does he drive? I imagine he's driven. He probably is driven, isn't he? He's yeah. probably driven with, with a woman that's in the a back. Sign of, yeah, that's a sign of immense Welsh wealth that you can afford. <laughs> sign, of, sign of immense Welsh, no, that's something it's completely definitely not different. a sign of immense Welsh. <laughs> well, um, that's it, yes, out there. Tweet at Blood and Wood, what do you consider to be a sign of immense Welsh? A sign Welsh? of immense Welsh, please do, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a few ideas. Um, but yeah, so they've got these bizarre ideas um, in, in general in the NLR. Yeah, here's, um, here's which... what they're talking about, right? From 2018-19, mm. the top four teams reduced to 12, only one club relegated. Top six playoffs replaced by semi-finals and a final. Well, that seems sensible. Absolutely. I think, to be honest with you, they're not really going far enough because you. I think you probably need 10 teams max in a league to fit it around the international calendar. Um and the French league is obviously demonstrably way too long at the moment, but it's interesting. Unless they go for our very well thought out, your very well thought out idea for a global season, which I can't, well, which I can't believe no. people haven't got on the back of yet. To be I honest. know why. Why is there not a campaign? Why is it not climbed on board with this one? But uh, no, um, yeah, it's so interesting. Yeah, the Pro Twelve is considering to be mixing it up and um, to make their season less long and arduous as well. So it's obviously very obviously player welfare is a thing. So. I, I yeah. think that yeah, as you say, it seems common sense. They're talking, it also about, seems... they're talking about creating a protected national elite squad of thirty players and one of yes. twenty development players. If you want to know about this kind of stuff, ongoing, actually follow G- at Gavin Mortimer. Gavin Mortimer yes, on he Twitter. Is he's a French, for all that, that French uh, rugby he's, stuff. He's not French, but he's a French rugby columnist, and he's very, very good, and he keeps you up to date. And obviously, he can translate the shit you can't read. Which, so that's quite yes, good. in a better way than Google Translate does. Let's face it. Um, yeah, yeah. I've, I thought. I think. Given that sort of other countries, England most notably, already have this sort of elite core squad that they yeah. don't, you know, these players would then be like not be able to play as much as normal players and stuff like that, and they would obviously the clubs would be compensated a la the EPS squad, I'm guessing, and obviously it's this kind it of halfway sense. house between central contracts, isn't it, and something? Yeah, like. and it makes sense not to flog. Uh, the players who are going to be having to play several test matches every season, I think. And then, honest. of course, lads of England has proven you've only got to have a horrible, debilitating argument with the clubs once every three years, not yes, every time which, an international game comes around. Which is quite helpful, I think. Um, talk they're, talking about, they're talking about having a, a match day squad of twenty-five instead of twenty-three. Yes, because they're they're obviously the the main problem that is seen in French rugby at the moment would appear to be the sheer lack of French players that are actually playing in it yes um due to the money involved they just you know 
the cliche that they fill the league with foreigners and they've obviously tried to do things to work to change that in the last couple of years but they demonstrably haven't worked yes. so um, now they're basically trying to I'm not they, sure if this is the answer though no um, there are, well, it says it, the, the brief outline is that it's going to allow 10 subs per match I'm sure they won't be able to use all 10 you'd hope not wouldn't you because that would be, I mean the replacements are already a bit of a joke well, yeah you're basically changing two thirds of the team then that would be silly because I mean, but, um, can you can you make? I thought about this the other day, and I'm not I'm I'm not going to put it on the spot, but just generally speaking, I can't think of a game that's ever got better when the bench has been completely emptied. No, not when they just do it in that sort of send everybody on, like send the entire. Front it never becomes on. more jointed up. England versus no. Fiji in the World Cup, maybe England got a bit better yeah, when the replacements that's came. That's true, on. actually. But, gen- but that's often because, like, the, as you say, the game is breaking up and, and it's getting more disjointed. So occasionally that causes rugby to break out. I think it's the old 80 20 um, rule. 80, 80% of the time it just makes it more of a mess. And 20% yeah. of the time it cleans it up. But yeah, so I think that's probably. I can see what they're trying to do. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember football can. in the 90s in England did something similar. They said they had to have a certain number of qualified players on the bench and stuff like that before the EU laws yeah. got in the way. But. Uh, yeah, so I'm not sure, but these are all being debated on the 26th of April at a meeting. Yes, How much so of these will come through, we don't know. They're all being. If you have a TV, you must have a TV license. It's the law. Choose the convenient option and pay online anytime at tvlicense.ie. Your TV license made easier. Brought to you by the Government of Ireland. The world of work has changed dramatically and organisations are evolving. A full or part-time MBA from UCD Smurfit School equips managers to react at pace and deliver change. Now is the time to transform your career and gain a new business network. Join our virtual MBA experience day on Saturday, November 20th. Register at smurfitschool.ie forward slash events. UCD Michael Smurfit Graduate Business School. Developing impactful business leaders. Debated yeah. then, but yeah, the, one of the most interesting ones I saw is that they want every team in the top fourteen to play on an artificial pitch as well. Which who's paying for that? Meant, well, yeah, exactly. Is the first and thing just, they will say in the meeting. I imagine. <laughs> I would imagine so. And also, it's like I mean, it's not like the weather is that bad in France. It's not like no, you know, it's Newcastle or, or Newport <laughs> or any of the other news. Um, I went to Lawns in France a few weeks ago in the north, hmm. Lawns, and I was. I had a vision of France, right? I've never been to northern yeah. France before. And Lourdes no, is a mining town. Yes. It's basically Wigan. <laughs> Honestly, it is. It looks... I've, no. I'm from near there. I grew up near Wigan. And basically, it looks like Wigan. Yeah. I guess the, it can't all be rolling hills, chalets, and uh, vineyards, no, can it? No. Some of it looks like Wigan. Yes. Just with better food, I imagine. <laughs> And slightly, yeah, less, slightly less sportswear. Well, there you go. Probably. I mean, maybe. Who knows? Yeah, so synthetic pitches. I can see this is the whole summer rugby argument we had the other week, isn't it? Mm. It seems to breed better rugby. I suppose if you look at, well, where is it played? Do Newcastle play significantly better rugby than Bath? Well, exactly. And if they don't, is it because of the pitch? I don't know. Maybe a debate for another time. No, it's an interesting one, isn't it? It does. It does but it comes back to the argument about the, the roof on rugby grounds and stuff as well doesn't it it's like you know yeah. the game is played outdoors game getting? Yes. so therefore it, the outdoors is meant to affect it that's the wind the rain the surface yeah exactly and you're supposed to be able to deal with that and I think 
I'm undecided as to what it means, really. But I suppose if some yeah. teams are going to have them, there's going to be a point at which they're going to start saying, is it an unfair advantage? Like they did with the football yeah, years ago. You either all yeah, have exactly. it or nobody has it. Yeah, and it's like, it does dilute the game a little bit. Like a proper slog in the pissing rain can actually be quite entertaining as a rugby game goes. I mean, not every week. No. But occasionally. But I suppose in the summer that wouldn't cause, you still rain in the summer, won't it? Well, yeah, it does. I mean, there's also all the talk about sort of them having an impact on knee and ankle injuries playing on a plastic pitch. There's been, I mean, it's all very anecdotal right now, but you worry if if that is any there is any truth. Uh, what does in that that could be? What does yeah. what does science know about these things? No. Uh, right. The other thing is they're, they're going to to compensate for the absence of players on France duty. The 10 million euro salary cap will be increased to two Brilliant. by 200k to That's recruit an extra elite player. So to that top fourteen needs is one extra. Well, it's slightly contradictory. On the one hand, they're trying to encourage. I suppose what they're saying is, if you develop French players, you won't suffer by more pissing. You won't. You won't be ospreys. You know, you won't suffer by more fucking. Yes, exactly. You've got the. the, It's sort of like the similar thing with England, where they're allowed to like recruit one player outside the salary cap. Yeah. That they can basically pay whatever the fuck they want. And. yeah, and finally, they want the span of the Six Nations reduced from seven weeks to five weeks. But that's not up to them. I suppose they're just trying to get a sort of what their view would be on it. Yeah, I suppose they're trying to create a sort of united front to go to the rest of them. And I mean, I do think that the the, the way that yeah, I, I, it is quite annoying when they have that two the two week breaks. I, I don't know why they can't just do one, but obviously there's a player welfare issue there. It's already and, a long you know, season, etc. But imagine a lot of them end up playing for the clubs that week anyway. Yes, well, that's the thing. If they're going to go off and play for the top fourteen team, then obviously they might as well just play it in six weeks in a row. But so we'll see how that goes. They're interesting ideas, mm. if nothing else. Very, let's very let's, much let's so. know what you think at Blood and Mud. If you have any hold any truck with with any of this synthetic pitches, etc., smaller yep. clubs, uh, protected national elite squads, etc. Let's. Mm. That was the mall of news. Let's it move was. on to uh, the shit good ratings. Our regular let's. feature. Which sorts out the uh, runs from the champions. Uh, it does. Do you want to start then, Josh? Give us. Give it. I shall. Should we start with good or should we start with you shit? You decide, Josh. You decide. Uh, I'm going to start with good. Why not? Go on then. Um, my first good is Pat Lamb, who is clearly a very good coach. Um, but in this case, it's about the fact that um, towards the end of his team's massive win over Munster on his Connacht, ba- uh, Connacht boss, obviously, if you didn't know, um, he wandered out onto the field um, and just. Lent up against the Connacht goalposts while play was going on down the other end of the field and just watched it, just leaning against the bottom. I'm definitely sure he's not supposed to be there. Can you imagine being the steward trying to get him to move? Well, can yeah, you move, exactly. please? Pat Lamb. No, make me. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? He just, I won't bother. Not you one stay shit there, is lad. given. Yeah, it was brilliant. Loved it. Um, other goods. Uh, ben Morgan, I thought was excellent this weekend. He's not going to unseat. Billy V anytime soon but um, he needs to keep like putting eye-catching performances like that in and he has done that the last couple he of could weeks form a, shows he could that... form a sort of touring cabaret act of extremely t- chubby number eights well exactly. he could partner up with chubby Tommy couldn't he and, uh, he could he, he got the better of chubby make Tommy make a fortune on the cruise circuit yeah I mean watch, watch us slide faces... across the floor 
<laughs> Men whose faces appear to be ruddy and constrained in scrum caps. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. There is something about that bulging out of a scrum cap like that, isn't there? It's not, it's not a good look. It looks like they put all. a scrum cap on and then somebody's pumped honey into their ears <laughs> until this kind of. It's slightly uncomfortable. Yes. But scanners. It, it, I, I'm not sure how comfortable it can be for either of them. But um, yes, no. Good. Uh, Finn Russell. Uh, Yes. Ian, Mc, Ian McGilp, Fraser Manson and Michael Watt on Twitter said he was very good and there's been a lot of love for Finn Russell this week and he's, deservedly he's been, so he's in great form um, his little like chip over the defence to score his first try um, that he caught like an NFL wide receiver was absolutely magic um, yeah he's when he's playing with confidence he's such a wonderfully talented player uh, Luke Good, good for me Luke I watched the Irish game and they are rubbish but mm. one person yes, he can't are. be blamed for it was Luke Narraway who, he's, at least he's trying. He ran he's his balls he? off. He ran his little legs <laughs> off. He did. He really, really did. Him and Dave Pemby or Femby, the winger, whatever his name is. Andy Femby. Andy yeah. Femby. Sorry, yeah. He's he was um he was brilliant. They he really gives they, a shit. They really, really, <laughs> yeah. really gave everything they possibly could, and it wasn't their fault. Yeah, it's telling that the players that are giving a shit and are really still trying are the ones that were not expensively recruited in the summer. True, you know? yeah, true. But, uh, yeah. Where did I get Dave Pemby from? I went to school with somebody called Dave Pemby. I'm getting myself mixed up. Probably, probably um, there. Yeah, so that was Luke Narraway was, was good for me. Anything else? Mm-hmm. Uh, Christian Wade, I mean... Oh, yes. Got yes, really, of course. Got of new. I mean, <laughs> it was a masterclass in why running good support lines can make you look exceptionally good. Because um, I don't think he did anything. His little chip and gather was nice, but I didn't think he did anything like. Well, he did his job. Yeah, he did his job. He didn't Wingers do anything. Wingers are meant incredible. to be there to finish things off. I yeah, think sometimes was... people forget that. Yeah, and he just ran great support play, and it's quite often the difference between scoring a try and not scoring a try is whether your winger can run yeah. a good support line. Score and tries and don't make an absolute twat of yourself in defence. That's basically a winger's yes. job description. <laughs> it's not rocket science, is it? And don't be absolute liability under the highball as well. And play for 30 clubs if you're Lenny Woodard. If you aren't Lenny Woodard, no, you know, of course. Only certain, there's only one Lenny Woodard, as we've, we've, we've said. From a good point, Indeed. Alex Good was Alex Good was very good. Good. He was very good. Um, I, I know you've you've often expressed that you're not a massive fan of him, but um, he's in great form at the moment, and Mike Brown really isn't. It's funny. I say, I put him on the blog as saying a good one, and 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 everybody says the same thing about him. I like him. I like his technique. I like the way he plays, but there's just something I don't quite trust about it. I know what you mean, but he I just think it's the lack of like... pace. Yeah, he is slow. There's I no think get, if he was very, very quick, there'd be no argument about this at all. Oh God, no! He'd be brilliant if he would be starting for England because he's just—he's such a lovely passer of the ball, and he's so composed, and he's—he's he's clearly got a brain, and he rarely looks like harried, or he looks like he's got time on the ball. You know, yeah. but that's probably because he's running six yards behind everybody else. I thought Harry Thacker um, was very good. Yes, no, Tucker tr- should not score tries like but that. He's only fifteen stone, and apparently he's had to work his bollocks off to get to that weight. What is it about Leicester converting players to hooker instead of just <laughs> developing hookers? By the way, because Tom Youngs was an outside centre before yeah. they decided but I mean, to make Youngs him played up. for England. It's not a bad way well, exactly. To go. It's not a bad. But then again, you could end up like Andy Titrell, couldn't you? This kind of rangy, yeah. quicky—well, not rangy, but very quick, talented sort of footballer. But you know, you're still there to do a job, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what's done for Tom Youngs' England career. Certainly under Eddie James, well, he can't hook, been, can he? You know, he can't hook, and he's not very good at throwing. 
mean, <laughs> hooking's a very simple thing, son. You hook the ball, yeah. you throw the ball in. You can't do exactly. either of these things, therefore you're no, out of my squad. It, I'm sorry. It doesn't. It doesn't matter how well you get around the park, and <laughs> it's the Shaq Brits thing, isn't it? But uh, I don't know. Yeah. Yes, but ridiculous. Um, and one last good that I just had to mention. Oh. Because we've been decrying the death of the drop goal this season. We have. And that was Queensland's Reds open side flanker Liam Gill, who for some reason just decided to spank over a 40 metre drop goal um, against the Bulls on the weekend. I mean, admittedly, it was in Pretoria, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's in a, a season thinner. where. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it made it over with at least 20 feet to spare. Pretoria is basically um, like kicking a drop goal at the top of Snowden, isn't it? Well, it's just like kicking a drop goal in space. <laughs> I mean, it's. Um, but it it, I mean, it was just to see an open side flanker just sort of line it up and spank one over with the technique of Johnny Wilkinson. It was it was a isn't delight. It, to isn't see. it intriguing that normally we would dec- decrying drop goals as kind of a horrible part of the game? But that just shows yeah. you how bad it's got that we're like saying is I know it was a forward, but actually we haven't seen a back kick a decent drop goal not no, for a while. Or not, the, not he that kicked a better drop goal than any back I've seen this season, which is really quite depressing. Speaking of backs, going on to mm. shit. Uh, yes. Shane Geraghty. I said oh, at dear. the weekend that his performance, basically, his entire career was encapsulated in one performance. He spent eighty percent of it. <laughs> he, he spent eighty percent of it looking great, but everything mm. he did was shit. Yeah. He's, a, he's it's, an it's, enigma. It's, it's he is like a car crash of talent, without with end no product. outcome. Yeah, it's quite remarkable, really. Yes. It's like if Danny Cipriani didn't finish anything off that he started, that's basically Shane Geraghty. Yeah, basically Shane Geraghty started doing something good in about 2008 and he's still not finished it. <laughs> yes. I remember when he, he had his first cap for England and he scored that yeah. try and everyone was and like, oh, he's a conversion. Be... And everyone was like, oh, yeah, yeah bro, rubbing of the hands together. Oh, yes. Everything. He's our, he's our Dan Carter. No, no he's not. Uh, no. He's had about two decent moments in his career. That 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 mm-hmm. Northampton win over Munster in the Heineken Cup in two thousand and nine, yes. and that England debut. Yeah, and he did. I think I think Breve got to a semi when he was playing for them. Yes, that's but he was right forcing it. it. He was dwelling on the ball too much. He did that kick. That's oh, the like you felt sorry for people like Fenby and Narraway because they were running the <laughs> balls off, and you rely on people like Geraghty to get you in a position where you can actually get something for doing that. Yes. And he really, and really, and the possession they had was unbelievable. I've still not found obsession stat, but it was unbelievable. And he just couldn't do anything with it. And weirdly, Barnes on on Sky was talking shite. Surprisingly, you'll be very surprised to hear. Yeah, Kept saying about how oh he was do- how good he looked, and it's like, well, yeah, because you're being sucked into the exact problem I've just tried to explain. He looks great, but he is completely shit. And that's, I mean, it's to a lesser degree, a much lesser degree. It's a similar thing every time Barnes seems to watch James Hook. He talks about how wonderful he is while sort of ignoring the fact that Gloucester are losing because he's he's not doing his that job. Classic, properly. you look like you should be better. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. Ross Ford, you look like you should be better. Oh, definitely. Anyway, yeah. Speaking of, yes, more shits. Um, Danny Kerr. Look, I know George Cruis is a substantially bigger and stronger man than him, but to let him basically just walk through the line out, like pluck the ball out of his arms and flop over to score a try, dearie me, that just can't happen. Like, at least look like he made an effort. 
Yeah, Quinns generally we mentioned before was terrible. Matt yeah, Matt Matt, Matt Matthewman went to the Quinns game and said they were just awful. Danny Kerr kept kicking the ball away, so he nominated him for shit as well. Mm. He also made the point that his kids and family were there and they loved all the enforced flag waving and repartee and 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 stuff. So it's obviously just total miserable miserableists like think, me. And yeah, you, who, who don't we've, like we've it. somewhat we've somewhat set our stall out in the miserable old shit <laughs> stakes, haven't we? Um, other shits. Scarlets. I mean, a record home loss in the Pro 12 that probably torpedoes your playoff chances um, is bad enough. But one of the contributing factors was quite literally shit. Um, the, squad was, <laughs> the squad was struck down with a norovirus this week that got so out of control that the entire squad was sent home on Thursday in an attempt to stop anybody else going down with, uh, with the squits. So not exactly good prep for the biggest game of the season. Though. Anybody who's had norovirus out there, have you ever had norovirus? Oh, it's fucking it horrible. Is, it really is despicable. Yes, um, I, I, and it's no surprise that the Scarlets looked and like if you feel any better, they couldn't you, tackle a kitten. Even if you feel any better, you've lost about 9,000 calories in the space of 10 minutes out of your arse, yeah. basically, so it's, it's not good. Like, they refused to blame it for their shoddy defensive performance, but you have to admit, if you spent the weekend shitting through the eye of a needle like leading up to a game, that's not going to put you in great shape, is it? No. Uh, shall we talk about the Sunwolves? Uh, yeah. I mean, you've got to say they've given them a decent account of themselves so Nobody far. expected them to win. No. And actually, but, but they've not... The, the, the defeats haven't been of the prison shaming variety. No, well, until at least until they this week. lost 92-17. 92-17. It's, be- it's worth remembering that they only lost to the Cheetahs by a point at home earlier on in the season, and yeah. uh, on the reverse fixture, they get done 92-17. Another shit thing has been, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, to link into this, there's been a lot of Southern Hemisphere chat in the press and columns down there. I think that mm. everyone's been waiting for this result, and it, it came at exactly the same time. Haguara's getting a bad result. Yeah, for they've obviously been they've had these columns lined up, ready to press Absolutely. the button on them for a while. That basically they shouldn't be in here. This is a waste of everybody's time. Well, actually, this is what expansion is. Yeah, it takes a little while because they're just pissed the teams off have to travel. To... Yeah, and they don't like you know. If it were up to quite a lot of these journalists, they'd just be playing their own. You know, they just, New Zealand teams would just be playing New Zealand teams. It's it's no different to regional rugby in in Wales. Deep down, you know, most New Zealand journalists would rather than be playing MPC, and and most Aussie journalists and South African journalists yeah. probably feel similar. And yeah, it's it's going to take time. You know, Haguares have got a brilliant squad, but they're clearly still finding their level. And I they're think they're just too excited. And they're just incredible. I think they're just excited. so excited yes. they can't control the madness. Yes, they need and they to know they can't get relegated. Like, so why not? You no, know, let's just they, have a laugh. They need lads. to like offload like ten percent less, maybe twenty. <laughs> but yeah, the Sunwolves this is obviously a bit of a state, but they were always going to be a state. And yeah, yeah, you've you've just got to give them time. You have, you have. This is a ten-year project, really. Absolutely. Of course, by then the Super Rugby will have another fe- level of seventeen teams in it. <laughs> exactly, there'll be the, we'll the, the, Antarct- in, the Antarctic we'll Antarctic Antarctic Super Penguins, Rugby. The... Yes. And so on, and and the dragons. Yeah, and the dra- um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, anything um, else? Other shits. Uh, Steve Diamond, purely for this bit of post-match news conference stupidity, which was uh, the fact that we got a bonus point was a bonus. <laughs> yes, Steve, that is kind of what the bonus bit. It's bonus almost like means. that's the idea, isn't it? 
Yes, it's almost like it's another example of intelligent men saying stupid things in post-match interviews because they're so fucking inane that nobody. And they're pays so any bored. Attention. Yes, they probably didn't even hear the question. No, it, it was. He certainly didn't hear what he was saying. Um, the other shit would be uh, James Short, Exeter winger without his beard, because he scored shitloads of tries when he had a big giant sea captain's beard, and he shaved it off, and now he's gone to the dogs, and he he had a horrendous moment at the end of the game against Gloucester on the weekend where he got the ball out wide um, with support player outside him and he just literally threw the ball on the floor like a toddler who doesn't want to eat his broccoli and it was just inexplicable so, and you just think some, bring back the beer somebody mate. on Twitter pointed out to me that Greg Tonks at the weekend did an absolutely did what somebody described to me as I've just remembered it so I can't remember he said it to me so I'm sorry but um he did basically an anti fuck it I'll do it myself because he basically threw an interception and immediately left the field (laughs) (laughs) fuck it you do it yourself threw an interception fuck all to do with me this you sort that out I'm off (laughs) so it was quite funny speaking of um, Mm. fuck it I'll do it myself yes let's move on to the arena where it is basically um, compulsory that you must fuck it and do it yourself indeed quite on a regular basis which is the sevens yes there's an Olympics coming up. There certainly is. And there's, there's going to be a GB7s team. Now, there is. am I assuming that nobody Irish can be picked? Because I have assumed uh, that. I think if you're Northern Irish, you could probably be picked. I'm pretty sure the, F, the, the, IR, <laughs> but the Irish rugby, the IRFU must have said, no, we're not getting into that fucking I would game. imagine so, yes. So it's going to be England, Scotland and... Uh, Wales. And Wales. Trying to pick a sevens team. So we thought to ourselves, well, yeah. actually, who would we pick if we had to pick, one, our best sevens team to take to the Olympics and two, the worst possible sevens team to take to the Olympics? Yes. Let's start off with our, with our dream teams. Now, as Josh Let's. mentioned at the beginning... I couldn't quite remember how a sevens team is meant to be put together. In that, how many no, forwards you have, and do you even have a proper scrum half, and all of that kind of stuff. So yes. I've done my best stab at it. Who I think would be seven sort of decent players to get out there and, and, and do the job. Mm. So here's what I've gone with, right? Yeah. There's some some names I think are already out there. Stuart Hogg. Yes, uh, he he is the the king of fuck it. I'll do it myself. Let's be honest. So he, he belo- and he's played sevens before. So and he's yeah. just a perfect type thing. Absolutely. There's already been some talk about this guy, but let's go for it again. Justin Tipperick. Uh, yes, he's not going to go, is he? Which is a crying shame. Is that because of his about... concussion? Will he be not? Yes, be he's by been then? shut down. He's been shut down for the whole summer. So uh, yeah, he's, he's it's a real shame because he's about the most perfect sevens player I could he possibly really is, imagine. He? he is, yeah. Um, yeah, um, in. in in absence of him, I picked Lupe Falato. I've got Falato in mine, yeah, and I've yeah. Falato. Be interesting to see what what he'd be like with a bit more space. Yeah, because you don't often got... see him when his legs opened up, do you? No, exactly, because he's got footwork, he's got pace, um, he's, he's got, got intelligence, brain, got hands, and, yeah. and he plays every single minute of every Wales game for about four years. So stamina is not going to be an issue either. Uh, while we're still in Wales, George North. See. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure his defence is up to it and he'd have to play forward and he'd have to go in the scrum true as a because he's such a big lad I, I thought maybe Manny Tuilagi would provide an interesting blend of pace power and hands in that sort of role as well but um, yeah um, Tom Croft was my yeah, left field choice that is a left field choice in that he's big he's quick his hands are he good really, he would be a good sevens player actually yeah I picked my left field choice was um one that I would actually genuinely like to happen, and that's James Hook. 
Oh yes, now yeah, that is a good Perhaps call. One of the he would actually look good and be good in that, I think. Yeah, he's he's lost a bit of his pace since he played sevens in his pre Wales days, but like his his passing, his kicking, his his agility and elusiveness, and his rugby brain. I mean, like, can you imagine him with an entire sevens pitch to yeah. do his Barry John shit? And if somebody did come near him, he'd just do that incredible strong fend he's got. Yes, he would just sit them down. Um, yeah, what? I got John Davis. Ah yes, I like that. If Funny he can actually not kick the fucking ball away, but yeah, yes, that would help, be helpful. He, yes, because he's he, he'd be great. He's basically a, like another seven, so he'd be great over the ball. Yeah. Um, I, I actually picked Anthony Watson in my team. True, good call. Yeah. Pace, agility, acceleration, um, and he's a tidy defender. Either him or Matthew Morgan, because oh. can you imagine what he would do? Oh God, with yeah. the open spaces for seven pitch. Christian Wade. Um, yes. Uh, I my I I sort of went a little bit left field with my final pick. Um, I'm going full cool runnings, and so I'm going to say British hundred meter sprinter James Dasselu because he's one of only three active British sprinters to have cracked sub ten seconds, and he's six foot one. The old Carlin Isles routes with the US. Yeah, you're massively not? fast. Just get in. There. Just yeah, you've got so much space on a seven speech You can't coach speed. Just give him the ball and say fucking run sunshine. See, I got I, I had Elliot Daly as well. But yes. I got, I got. There's not many Scottish people in there because I thought, well, I suppose some of their centres would be okay, and Sean Maitland might be all right. <clears throat> Tommy Simo, yes. But um, the one that I did notice got to this point was that there's no scrum halves. Oh yeah. So I went. For uh, Joe Simpson. Joe Simpson, Reese Webb. Yeah, Webb would be great actually. Webb's, Webb's won a sevens World Cup if memory serves. So when Wales won it, if I was taking a squad of sort of nine, yeah, mine would be Hog Tipperick if he was fit. Tom mm. Croft, John Davis, Christian Wade, George North, with the caveats, Falatau, Elliot Daly, Reese Webb. Cool. And yeah, I would probably go Hogg, Falatau, uh, North, Watson, Matthew Morgan, James Hook, and um, fuck it because he's the finest all round rugby player of his generation, Gethin Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, he would be all right. That's the hilarious he'd be, thing. He'd be, pretty he'd be perfectly tiny. fine. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So that was our kind of stab at having a go at well, who should Great Britain yep. take? I'm sure some Scottish people might have something to say, given that we've only got Stuart Hogg in there. But uh, let us yeah. know at Blood and Mud what what your sevens team would yes. be. You can fit seven yeah. surnames in a tweet, so please let us know. Let's did, look. Did you do a nightmare? I did team. do a nightmare team. I did do a nightmare team. Good. Um, I had uh, Chubby Tommy. Yes, because. In Rio, with the hard ground, it's going to be difficult to slide in from 50 metres. Very difficult. And he difficult. hasn't got enough people to push him over the line. Nope. So they would struggle with that one. Yeah. Matt Banahan. Uh, oh, good shout. Because taking yes. 1.25 kilometres to get up to your top speed is not a very good thing. <laughs> in, it's not good enough, is it, really? In sevens. Go on. Any of you go? Um, I've, got, I've got Adam Jones. You see, I didn't pick props because obviously they're not going to go. I, I tried I didn't, to pick I only picked, would, I only picked one who prop. would possibly go. But yeah, obviously, yeah, Adam Jones. Yeah. yeah. Um, Jamie Roberts. Yeah. See, Andy, Andy Good. Andy Good, yeah. Dan Lydia. Basically stationary. Dan Lydia, I've got. And uh, Jim Hamilton. Jim Hamilton. I've got John. I've and got then, John Barkley based on his "fuck it, I'll do it yeah. myself" failure in the Six Nations, when he actually had an open space to run into. He did, yes, and looked like a traction engine that was tied to a post and was desperate yeah. trying and, to find and, support. He would take the ball off him. 
And then I think as as captain, leader, and legend, not to mention a man who has actually and hilariously claimed that he wants to go to Rio despite being an absolutely appalling choice, it's it's got to be James Thank Haskell. Thank you. I had James Haskell in there. I'm glad you said it first, <laughs> not me. We haven't shared these beforehand, by the way. No. I also had, if we had to take a scrum half a ship, it would be Greg Laidlaw because he looks like yes. he's walking when he yeah. runs. And, uh, yeah. and I'm sorry, there's more Scottish people in the Nightmare team. I do apologise, but Sean Lamont... <laughs> I'd love to see oh, Sean Lamont stinking the place up. I'm pretty sure he has. Well, he would have done because he's kind of big and quick in a way. But he get he he get yeah not anymore. Terribly not. shown up. Speaking of sevens, I didn't mention it in the good, but I will mention it now. Kenya winning their first yeah, ever World Sevens uh, outing. Yes, not a bad time to do good it. For them. Good for them. So that was our go at the nightmare and dream sevens teams. I think it's be interesting this sevens mm-hmm. in the. I'm really looking forward to it. Like, I'd be interested to see how the British team does because, like, I've, I saw some columns saying, "Oh, you know, is it the choice between going on an England tour or Wales tour or whatever, or getting a medal at Rio?" And it's like, yeah, have you seen how some of these sevens teams are playing who don't have to come together from three? Yeah, who are actually just together like, all year round. Are, yes, the idea you can just yeah, rock up I, I and don't... say, "Let's give it a lash, lads." Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that Team GB can't just send a load of good players to Rio and expect to win the medal in the sevens because that ain't how it's going to no. work. No, they need to call up Ben Gollings from a retirement who had about nine thousand yes, England do. sevens caps, didn't he? <laughs> um, yeah, so that will be interested. Fiji have never won a gold medal in the Olympics. No, and, and they have the chance to do it now. Them. So I think everybody should get behind them, really. Yes, I think because be England's going to win. So. Um, no. And you don't care about that anyway. And Wales aren't going to win because their sevens no. teams are borderline joke. Yes, <laughs> right then. Very quickly then, put them all together, and we've got a less, slightly less good joke. But yes, carry on. Let's look at just very quickly some predictions for next week in the European. Oh, of course, giant. yes. We've got the uh, Saracens versus Wasps at the Medeski um, Soulless Cauldron. Mm, it's going to be a cracking atmosphere <laughs> when Wasps bring their. It- Nouveau Riche fans and Saracens bring their seven fans it to will, a massive. It will be a cracking stadium. atmosphere because the Saracens stormtroopers will be tasering people for not if they don't wave their flags. So <laughs> it will it will be stand up for Saracens. Stand up for Saracens because we put minutes. a massive spike on your seat, and if you sit down, you will die. Basically, that's a, yeah. Sir, I, I can't see anything beyond Saracens. Wasps have looked okay. No, it, it would be there's just a ruthless efficiency about uh, Saracens, isn't there? There is. I mean, it wouldn't be the biggest shock in the world. It wouldn't be a massive shock, no. It wouldn't be a massive shock. But I just think, yes, Harrison's all the way. Leicester versus <laughs> Racing at Nottingham Forest ground. Seems a bit yeah. unfair on Racing, that, I'll be honest. Yeah. Leicester have got to drive about nine miles down the road, however far it is. <laughs> Not very far, anyway. Yeah. And Racing have to take a plane and everything. I know, it's a bit much, isn't it? I mean, um, Ali Williams has got to carry... Dan Carter's bag a long way there he's just got to carry Dan Carter he's going to ride him like a donkey (laughs) Um, yeah I don't know about this one actually I think this one's very finely poised I think it is yeah my head sort of thinks Rassing because I think that Leicester have perhaps a little bit flatter to deceive at times this season but yeah I could go either way I want it to be Rassing because I'd like to see an actual European final if you know what I mean yes I don't really want to see an English final I don't like Leicester so therefore (laughs) and I don't like Richard Cockrell so yeah there's not a lot of love 
There's not the a lot of love left. to dish around in those four teams, is there? It's like you look at them. It's like the two teams that would arguably be the neutrals' choice are the Parisian team that have made Dan Carter the highest paid player in the world and have more money than God, and, or the and team Frank, that uh, yeah. moved them their entire fucking club to Coventry and didn't give yeah. a shit about their fans, and they're the good picks. Terrible. Yeah. Very quickly then, the the Challenge Cup, Harlequins versus Grenoble. I know very little about Grenoble, I'll be honest. Um, I'd probably go a Grenoble at home. No, it's at Twickenham Stupid. Oh yeah, Quinzen. Quinzen, and then obviously Montpellier versus the Newtport. Uh, I would love it to be the Dragons, I truly would, but I cannot. You've seen what Montpellier no. have got. You know, yes. they, they've got half of the 2011 Springbok team in there. They might as well just yeah, it's going to yes. be brutal. A lot of South Africans on the field. A Expect violence. Yes, lots of it. So that's our prediction. Then we've gone Saracens, probably Racing, Harlequins and Montpellier, which will leave mm. for the final in Lyon in a few weeks' time. We're going to finish with the loop, as we always do, the world's first and only continuous and never-ending rugby-related playlist. I threatened to go with a hot stepper by Inikimoji this week. <laughs> well, I think you missed an opportunity. There, it's coming actually. at some point. It's only yeah. a matter of time, but I've not gone for it. Anyway, I've changed my mind because of the uh, the call that happened this week with McFadden taking somebody's head off Yes, and was not carded no. for it, which caused much consternation, which I can't get into because it's just another endless argument about the lesser the law versus whether it should be the law. Mm-hmm. Uh, those. Yeah, but that was a call made by the ref. So the, the the loop this week is Foo Fighters with this is a call. Tune. Cheers, Josh. See you next week. Take care. Ta-da. Ta-da.
Oh no, is it everywhere? No, sure, stay and sort that out. We can have dinner another time. Amazing. Whether it's cancelled plans... Ah, to get in the kitchen and calm down. ...or the need for a quick, convenient distraction. Introducing Goodfellas Mini Pizzas. Four mini pizzas made with respect that cook in 11 minutes. Goodfellas Minis. Embrace the unexpected. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.